Okay, everyone, welcome back to Where Are You Going Next, a podcast for travelers by travelers. Um, and today I have a guest I'm very excited to talk to. Uh, Brett, could you introduce yourself to everyone and um, tell us where we can find you on the internet? Sure. Hi, everybody. My name is Britt. I'm a travel blogger um, that, you know, does all the creation and writing behind the website lifeofbrit.com. And you can follow me on Instagram under that same name. Awesome. Thank you. And uh, you have, you have a, a blog as well. Uh, is that that's right, right? <laughs> oh, yeah. I have a travel blog, um, lifeofbrit.com. I just share all of my travel-related guides for solo female travel, budget travel, teaching abroad, you know, anything that comes to mind I share there to help other travelers. Awesome. I have given it a, a quick read and there's some great stuff on there. So I would definitely encourage everyone listening to go and check out Fritz blog because there's some great content on oh, there. So thank you. Uh, no worries. Keep up the good work. <laughs> <laughs> um, so Britt, I'm very excited to talk to you from looking at your Instagram and your blog. You've been on some awesome adventures. So tell us, is, is traveling something that you've done your whole life or is it something that you started doing you know, when she became a bit older? Um, I think it's kind of a classic American story. You know, growing up, my family would go on a lot of road trips. You know, I was, I'm from Wisconsin personally, but my extended family is actually in New York. So every summer as kids, we would take a long 12-hour road trip straight through from Wisconsin to New York. And, um, you know, when you're a kid, I think that leaves a great impression on you, just seeing different landscapes out the window, stopping in new and unknown exciting places. Um, I think that really kind of kickstarted my love for travel. And actually, also when I was in seventh grade, my family decided to host um, Japanese exchange students. So just having that kind of crazy experience you know especially as someone who's from a very small farming type community um having japanese exchange students is like kind of a crazy thing to do uh from where i'm from and that just really kind of kickstarted my love for travel and from then on i just daydreamed about it until i could get to college and one day you know make it happen for myself that's awesome uh, i love everything you just said <laughs> um, <laughs> So, yeah, I mean, I, I remember when I was a kid and I used to get on like a plane to go somewhere. And like, as you're saying, like seeing new scenery and new things, I used to get so excited. So I can definitely relate to what you were saying there. Um, and Japanese exchange students, that must have been very interesting to, yeah. to have them around. Tell us about that. Sure. So um, I just remember coming to class one day in seventh grade and um, one of my teachers coming up to me and, you know, I guess she liked me <laughs> enough to be like, you know, Britt, I know of this great opportunity. You know, my, this program I know of is looking for host families, like take this home to your parents. Maybe this would be of interest of you and your family. And um, it was only for just a week, actually. It was like a summer sister or like the sister's city of West Bend in Japan sent over um, middle school students for a week and my parents are actually pretty supportive people and were immediately like oh yeah okay let's yeah let's host you know a 15 year old Japanese student that sounds great um, so we did that for three years actually um, before 
I think the program just kind of petered out a little. Um, but yeah, it was incredible. I mean, Japan seems so foreign at the time, you know, when I was only in seventh grade. So it was like a very exciting experience for me. I can imagine. And please tell me you've been to Japan since having those students. Yes, I have. <laughs> oh, awesome to hear. Did they, did they give you some great uh, tips and advice for when you went oh, over there? Definitely. Um, very helpful advice and tips. And Japan is just a gorgeous country. I mean, I was only able to spend a week there, but uh, it's, if anybody has ever thought about going to Japan, I highly recommend it. It is expensive, but so much culture and rich history there. Yes, definitely. Uh, I haven't been myself, but um, I know yes. quite a few people who've been and have said the exact same thing. So it's definitely on my list of yes, places to recommend. go. Uh, <laughs> I will definitely be going. <laughs> um awesome so i as i said i'd have a, i had a quick read of your blog and the word that i kept seeing which gave me a lot of excitement got my chemicals flowing was solo <laughs> travel i'm a huge fan of solo travel we talk about it a lot on this show so and i'm it made me very excited to talk to you when i i read was reading your blog and instagram and solo travel was everywhere i was like yes i need to, i need to speak to this one <laughs> <laughs> so tell me about solo travel for you yeah so i also am a huge 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 advocate for solo travel um it's kind of funny how i got into it um it kind of started for me because like i said i'm from a small farming community in wisconsin so a lot of people don't really ever get out of the country let alone the state i mean chicago is nearby so maybe that's like the furthest anybody goes um so for me it was really hard to find people to travel with. Like I wanted to go places, but people either didn't want to go or they didn't have the money or they thought it was so scary because it's a foreign place. Um, and I kind of just got fed up with wanting to go places and not having somebody to go with me that I finally was just like, okay, I'm doing this. So um, my first solo trip was actually to Norway, Stavanger, Norway, which is such an easy first country as a solo traveler. I mean, Scandinavia is pretty safe, so pretty mild um, first solo trip. But it was a hiking trip to Preacher's Rock. Do you know Preacher's Rock? Uh, I've, I've heard of it, yes. Yeah, it's like the crazy photo of this like perfectly rectangular cliff jutting out over a, a fjord and... I'd seen photos of it on Google and Instagram and was just, you know, awestruck by this magnificent landscape. But nobody wanted to go with me because it was a hiking trip. It was this small town that only really offered this one excursion. And so I was just like, you know what, I'm going to go for it. So um, flew to Norway myself, did the hiking trip alone ended up meeting a really nice guy from Israel and we ended up being like photo buddies, took each other's photos, <laughs> um, hiked together. And yeah, it ended up being kind of a catalyst for the next, I mean, I've traveled to 10 countries solo so far. So kind of a big catalyst Ooh, for me. That's quite an impressive portfolio, I must say. <laughs> <laughs> so um, talk to us. How, because you mentioned before, you know, that you're from a very small farming community. So, you know, I'm, I'm sure your uh, your parents were <laughs> probably quite shocked when you were like, hey, I'm going to Norway. <laughs> yeah, well, I should mention that actually 
so at the time when I did go to Norway, I was studying abroad in Copenhagen, Denmark. So I hadn't really traveled so, so far. And, but I, <laughs> I did make a point to not tell my parents that I was going solo until after the trip, just to make sure <laughs> that there were no concerns or, you know, worries. So a little awesome. sneaky. So tell us about studying in Denmark. That sounds uh, that sounds like a lot of fun. I've been to Copenhagen, beautiful place. Oh yes, that's where I I studied in Copenhagen, and I managed to actually do it for a year. Um, and I'd say that experience also just completely changed my view of the entire world. You know, Denmark is quite a different place socially and culturally compared to the United States, especially from the, like compared to the conservative area I'm from. So living in a place that is such a big welfare state where college is free, healthcare is free, you know, they're not afraid of taxes like they are here, <laughs> but all those taxes go towards, you know, social programs for the population. I just never really heard of anything like that because all I'd heard my whole life is like, you know, taxes are bad and government programs are bad. So just seeing that other perspective really opened my eyes and shaped me into being kind of the political person that I am today. Um, and also just people there are so into travel. I mean, Europeans too, like so many people have no qualms about jumping on a plane and going to Asia whereas here people are kind of scared <laughs> to do such things so it really definitely opened my eyes to a different world. Awesome and did you did you move to Denmark um is that something you did on your own as well? Oh yes yep I well I applied for a um I actually got oh, like my university has programs so I applied for the program and then I got accepted to the university, but then, yeah, I was completely on my own for moving there, registering myself, applying for housing, you know, they don't really hold your hand. No one, you know, met me at the airport. I just had to kind of figure all of that stuff out on my own. So that was quite an adventure <laughs> as well. <laughs> yeah, I can definitely imagine. Um, but please tell us, so like, how are you f feeling when you were at the airport, both when you were moving to Copenhagen and then later on when you were about to go to Norway on your own you know like for anyone listening who's thinking about solo travel but they're still kind of quite nervous about it tell us how you were feeling you know you just get to the airport you're on your own what were your thoughts and feelings in, in those moments sure so I won't sugarcoat it I was a nervous wreck I mean <laughs> I <laughs> I can talk big game and you know now that I've traveled solo it's you know I think it's super easy and not a big deal but at the time it was kind of terrifying being alone at the airport I mean I remember saying goodbye to my parents when I was going to Denmark and going to the bathroom and <laughs> crying a little bit because I was <laughs> kind of nervous and scared I mean I had no idea what was going to meet me at the other end and I remember getting to Denmark and struggling with my baggage I had like two suitcases and a backpack and um, like I was having trouble getting it on a trolley and then I was having trouble with the trolley and I remember also just like crying in the airport again like what have I done I've made a mistake but <laughs> um, you know tears aside I realized you know it's 
just because something is unknown or you don't know what to expect, it doesn't mean it's automatically scary. So once I finally got my bearings, um, I was like, oh, dang, this is actually so good and like so fun. <laughs> it became less scary. And is there like a coping mechanism you'd recommend someone use in that scenario? Like, how did you kind of force yourself to calm down and be, and be like, oh, yeah, you know what, I can do this? Um, I think I realized that if I found that it was such a terrible time or I was having such a terrible time, you know, doing this solo travel or moving across the world, that it was okay because if it ever got so bad, I could, in a, you know, in the snap of my fingers, get a flight home. Like, you know, it's not like I was really putting myself in any danger or in any situation that I couldn't like face. But I'm also a stubborn person. So if I had that thought where, you know, like I could go home if this gets too hard and then my stubbornness would kick in and just be like, no, like you're not going home. You're fine. You're strong. You know, just kind of those reminders that you are capable in, you know, my family too, they're just a phone call away. So if anything ever felt insanely overwhelming, it was just, you know, so easy to give them a call and just tell them how I was feeling and for them to just be like, you know, it's okay you'll be okay. You, you can do this. Yeah. And I, I, I love that answer as well. I think there's some great points there. Um, definitely the, there's always people you can ring and, you know, I think I've had that moment as well where I've been like, Oh my God, can I even do this? <laughs> Should I just go? <laughs> I'm like, no, don't be ridiculous. You can do this. So it's, it's uh, definitely good to hear that, that that's something that you've been through as well. Yeah, definitely. I think everyone's had some moment that's been a little overwhelming abroad because, of course, culture shock and just the whole process is exhausting. Exactly. But <laughs> so, so worth it at the end of the so day. So worth it, yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, so you said you've been on 10 solo trips now. So tell us what, what your uh, your best solo trip was. Oh, that's a hard question. Um, well, definitely Norway. You know, you can't really beat your very first solo trip that ends successfully and that takes you to beautiful nature. Um, I am a very big fan of hiking, um, but I'd say as of recently, um, I did go to Vietnam solo. I actually taught English there for a summer, you know, found a job at an international school, uh, moved there for about a month and a half teaching, and then traveled solo around the rest of the country from, uh, I was in Ho Chi Minh, traveled north for about two weeks, and I just, oh, I fell in love with Vietnam. It's like chaotically insane and very busy and loud and smelly, but at the same time, I don't know, I just really appreciated how raw and genuine and how good the food was there. Oh, the food was so good. <laughs> so I guess Vietnam. <laughs> oh, that sounds amazing. Um yeah, I've seen the I've seen pictures of Vietnam and the um the scenery and the landscape there looks just out of this world. So I'm very jealous. <laughs> oh yes. You um, have to I recommend a backpacking trip just to Asia. Southeast Asia mm, is just amazing. That's definitely so on nice. my list, don't you worry. <laughs> <laughs> uh and you mentioned the food. Is food something that's really important to you when you travel? Do you always look to try and sample the local cuisines? Oh yeah, I'm a huge, 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 huge foodie. Like not even in the sense of I like fancy food, just in the sense of I love just food. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, 
my one of my very top goals of when I travel somewhere is to eat the local food. And, you know, I'm a solo traveler, but I'm also predominantly a budget backpacker. Um, you know, I fund all of my own travels. So I like to stick to a very strict budget. And one of the best money saving tips out there is to actually eat the local food. It's always like a fraction of the cost of, you know, the tourist or Western food that might be available where you're traveling. So um, big fan of the street food. Sometimes you get food poisoning, <laughs> but if you're careful about it, it's not too bad. So I still recommend it. Awesome. Um, yes, I definitely agree. So it's good to try the local food. I'm with you on that one. <laughs> uh, for sure, for sure. And so I love budget backpackers. You, you're my favorite kind of traveler, <laughs> I have to admit. Oh. Um, so please tell me and the, everyone listening, like, what is your process for, for booking trips? You know, what, what apps or websites do you look at? How, you know, what do you research? What's your, what's your method? give us the secrets come on (laughs) (laughs) um i guess my you know ultimate budget secrets is just kind of to do a lot of research i know a lot of people don't really want to hear that and spontaneous travel sounds more fun but if you are sticking to a strict budget like i love reading you know i'm a blogger who blogs about travel but i also really love reading other bloggers posts because i feel like budget backpackers have this unique point of view that you know if you read a lonely guide a lonely planet guidebook it's just not going to be the same experience as if I read a budget backpackers guide who's like hey I know this hostel that's like one dollar a night for a bed (laughs) you know (laughs) Um, in India I stayed in some very cheap 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 places I don't know if I'd ever do it again but you you mean you can get really cheap hostels and so I rely on other bloggers. I rely on, you know, I do look on booking.com as kind of a starting to get good, you know, reviews. Hustle World is really great. TripAdvisor is really great. Um, And I also use Instagram actually a lot to kind of research and plan like where is the best area to stay or, you know, some hostels show up there too because um, people actually share a lot on social media that kind of gets buried. But if you know where to look and you can like save those resources, they're actually very insightful. Yes, definitely. That's why I love the, uh, the save feature on Instagram. Yes. I have so many <laughs> albums or collections or whatever they're called. <laughs> yes. I have quite a few myself. So I'm glad to know I'm not the only one who, uh, yeah, we're on probably, the same page. yeah, <laughs> that's probably way too many. Um, but I mean, so you were saying about doing lots of research, which I definitely agree. You need it's definitely important to do research. But do you always plan to have a bit of kind of spontaneity on trips? I mean, you mentioned earlier about meeting that guy um, on your Norway trip. Like, do you kind of do you think, oh, yeah, if I meet someone and they were like, oh, do you want to go here for a day or something? Would you be like, yeah, awesome, let's go? Oh yeah, definitely. So I'd say my planning process is. Depending on the country, you know, some countries you have to kind of book in advance if it's a very busy country where like if you don't book in advance, you won't find a good place. But a lot of the times what I do is I kind of create almost a bucket list of what I want to do and what I want to see in each city or each country um, rather than, you know, a strict itinerary. And then when I get there, because I do stay in hostels, you meet tons of people who give you great recommendations that like maybe you hadn't even thought of or heard of 
Um, and a great example is I went to Laos for a couple weeks and I flew into Luang Prabang and had planned on just going from Luang Prabang to Vang Bien. But I met this guy who was just in this northern, tiny northern village called Nong Kiao. And he's like, you have to go there. Beautiful, stunning, had never crossed my radar. So I completely flipped my trip and was like, okay, I'm going and went north for like a few days, completely altering my trip. And I'm so, so happy that I did because it was like completely off the beaten track, great hiking, peaceful, beautiful views. So I like to do a little bit of both, like have an outline of what I want to do and what I want to see, but also have the time and the padding built in there to also be free when those moments do come up. Awesome answer. Awesome answer. Um, <laughs> and I love the fact that you have a bucket list and it's kind of like rough guidelines of stuff you want to get done there. I think that's a really good idea. Um, I've never really thought about doing that myself, but I think I will apply that to my own traveling now. That's a re I really like that idea. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah. You. So if you are anything like me, then your notes on your phone or wherever you keep your notes are just going to start to fill up with country specific <laughs> bucket lists. But <laughs> it is very, it's helped me a lot to make sure I see what I want to see. Yes, I, I can imagine. Um, and I will, I will uh, definitely be hopping on that wagon. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so you were talking about you know, that off chance of that guy was like, oh, come here. And then you went there and it was amazing. Have you ever taken the time to, and this is something we've talked about on this podcast before. Have you ever taken the time to chat to someone, some of the locals, whether it be like a person in a shop or someone in a restaurant, either who's just dining there or who actually works there? Have you ever chatted to them and ever got some like hidden gems of places to go? And then you've gone there and it's been absolutely amazing. Oh, definitely. Definitely. I, um, so I, for a little bit, lived and taught English in South Korea. So um, a lot of my travels, my, a lot of my recent travels have been throughout Asia. Um, and for those who don't know what I look like, I'm quite a tall, blonde woman. So I think in Asia, that really sticks out. You know, I'm taller than many people in Asia. So um, I very often would, you know, be approached by locals who'd want to talk to me or give me advice. And um, I remember actually in the Philippines, I had this, um, I met this woman, this young woman working at the desk at the hostel. Um, she was from the island I was at. It was Mobile or Cebu in Cebu. And she actually recommended um, like this really kind of secret beach. And then she also invited me, I was with my coworker at the time to have dinner at her house. So we actually got to go to her house and have like a very home cooked Filipino classic meal, meet her small daughter and, you know, see where they lived. And it was such an eye opening experience just to see how, you know, someone in this culture lives compared to America. I love that story. I, I love I love when things like that happen. Definitely. Just be able to, I mean, that's about as much as I mean, that's basically full immersion at that point into the the culture of another country. Like experiences yeah. like that are so valuable, I think. So that must valuable. have been just... such a, uh, like a life-changing moment. Oh, it definitely was. I mean, they had, this, yeah, I mean, you have to be open-minded. And I think for Americans, a lot of times we have this worry that, you know, every situation from a stranger is potentially dangerous. 
Um, but when you really look at it, I think most people are inherently good. And if you're willing to open yourself up and meet new people who come from different places, I mean, you really open the doors for these fantastic and, you know, edu frankly, educational experiences that really, you know, open your eyes to the world. Definitely, definitely. And talking more about kind of, um, kind of potentially dangerous, and you were saying earlier that, you know, you, as a kind of a tall blonde lady, you get kind of approached quite a lot. Did you ever felt unsafe or threatened, you know, just for any of the, the other girls or uh, ladies listening who might be um, kind of worried about that kind of thing? Have you ever felt unsafe or has it always been okay for you? So I think there's always that concern for any woman when you're traveling solo that, you know, some situation or person will come and, you know, make you feel uncomfortable. And I've definitely had my fair share of those moments. But I think one of the key things that I can tell other, you know, either aspiring solo female travelers or anybody who worries about safety is you just have to follow kind of a set basic guideline of you know how to be safe and if anything just be confident because a lot of people uh, well I just feel like dangerous people prey on people they think are maybe weak or meek or you know not going to stand their ground and so anytime I'd ever had somebody approach me you know maybe even a tout like someone who's trying to scam me if you just like stand tall with your head held high and you're in a crowded area and you just you know, tell them no, like just find your voice. Don't be afraid to say no. Don't be afraid to cause a scene if you need to or speak up because, you know, if there's other people around you and they hear that, they're not going to bother you, you know? So anytime that's happened to me, they tend to sleep, like leave me alone and move on. And, um, and another, that leads me to another tip is, you know, I don't really go out alone at night. You know, if I go out for a party, I make sure I go with friends that I'd met at the hostel I make sure I keep an eye on my drink, you know, I make sure not to do anything that I don't know what it is or put anything in my body that I don't know what it is, just basic things like that. I think that's some great advice. Thank you so much for sharing that. And I really hope that any of the other solo or just female travelers uh, in general um, can take, hear that and really take some comfort out of those words. I think that's some great advice. Yeah, thank you. It is. It can be scary, but I don't think it's as scary as the world wants you to think it is. If that makes sense. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, obviously, I, I, I don't know to the same extent because uh, <laughs> I'm a guy. <laughs> but you know, I have I have friends that are, are you know girls, um, and they some some of them do kind of worry about that thing sometimes, and I just hope that they can listen to someone like you who's got all that experience and can really take some reassurance from from that advice I think that's some really good advice so thank you so much for sharing that oh yeah thank you um so kind of following on uh from that a bit more you know how has travel changed your life I know that's a pretty deep question <laughs> but I mean you've said like you've had some amazing experiences all over the world you know how has that really shaped you into the person that you are today so I think it's given me an insane amount of confidence. You know, when I was a little kid and when I was in school, I was kind of a really shy, quiet girl who didn't make a scene or, you know, bring attention onto myself. I kind of just 
went about my day and kept my head down. But um, now that I've traveled and I've seen a little bit more and I've learned that I am capable of interacting with other people, even people I don't know, I don't know, it's just translated into a lot more confidence um, as well as empowerment. You know, it helps me feel so empowered and it's given me an insane amount of empathy as well. I mean, I think everyone likes to think they're empathetic and caring, and <laughs> but I really do think travel and seeing the different ways that people live and in comparison to, to how little a lot of people have compared to Americans, yet they're still very happy a lot of the times, or, you know, they appear happy. It's kind of shown me that you need, you should have, we should have empathy for these people who live a different lifestyle, but that, you know, it doesn't necessarily mean it's a lesser lifestyle because they have less material things. So it's changed a lot. <laughs> yeah, no, definitely. And uh, empathy, definitely. That's um, definitely a word that I would use. I love I love that you said that. Um, I think that's such an important uh, lesson you can take away from traveling. Um, I mean, what do you think? I mean, I think kind of you can also apply that. I mean, you were saying with different kind of ways to live around the world, but even in your own country, you know, with people from different backgrounds, different, you know, socioeconomic classes, you know, you can really empathize with their situation when you've, traveled so much and seen so many different ways of life is that something that you kind of also agree with oh definitely i mean america of all places i think could use a good dose of more empathy but the way you know american society is set up is people live clustered with other people who are like them and if they don't travel if they don't you know get out of that cluster or that community and see a different way of living, even within America. I mean, America is massive. There's so many different types of people, like you said, from all socioeconomic, you know, statuses or, um, you know, different cultures, everything. So just understanding that your way of thinking or how you were raised to view the world is not the only way. It's not the correct way because there's no correct way. Um, I think it, could really solve a lot of problems that our country is having right now. Mm, I definitely agree. Care it a little bit more. I definitely agree. And I mean, it's a problem that we have here in the UK as well. It's just not talked about as much, I think, because it's not to quite the same extent. But I think that's probably just because, of, as you say, like America is massive, <laughs> it's so much bigger. Uh, but it's definitely an issue that I've noticed in the UK. Um, and it, I, I don't know not to get too political, but like just personally, it's so frustrating when you see kind of the way society's been going for the last four years mm -hmm. uh, as someone who's a traveler and, you know, has, has seen and learned, you know, empathy in the way that we have, you know, it's just so kind of just soul crushing. I've personally found over the past kind of four years, like just, we just seem to be going backwards and, yeah, As someone I agree. who's traveled, I mean, like, it's just so horrible to see. Please go on. Oh, I was just going to say, yeah, for I think people who've traveled a little bit more, you want to scream, like, it's so obvious. Like, if you just, you know, stop judging and have more empathy, be kinder, you know, this wouldn't be a problem. But yeah, it's, I don't want to get too political either, but I'm not 
super thrilled with my government right now. Mm, <laughs> so, I'm not thrilled with mine either. <laughs> <laughs> I think they kind of have some hand in that as well. Yes, definitely. Um, and it's, it's so nice to hear that there's other travelers out there with the, the same kind of mindset as that. That's uh, definitely refreshing. I and mean, then some days I feel like I'm, you know, when you read the news and read social media, sometimes you can feel like you're on your own. But it's so nice to hear that we're not. <laughs> There's others out yes. there. So um, that's definitely, definitely positive to hear. Uh, I feel like we've gotten because that's a really deep conversation so far. Yeah. It seems like yeah, it seems like super kind of serious. Let's try and uh, let's try and lighten the mood slightly. Um, <laughs> so tell me what, what's kind of no, no, what, not kind of. Where is the best place you th- you'd say you've ever been in the whole world? Oh, in the whole world, um, I would say India. Tell us why. I... I spent two months in India. I wasn't solo in India, though. That would be a unique challenge. But I went with some of my friends and flew into Mumbai and then worked our way north from Mumbai. So we saw Delhi, you know, this really chaotic city. We saw the desert part of um, India in Rajasthan, went up to the north and got to hike around the Himalayas, went to Varanasi and saw this insane cultural experience you know, spiritual culture (laughs) experience there. Um, And I would say India is the only place that I have felt insane culture shock or just, you know, moments of culture shock that were almost overwhelming. I've never really been overwhelmed by culture shock before um, until India, but yeah, I don't know. I, I'm a little bit speechless in describing the experience, but um, it was such a different place than anywhere I'd ever been. It was such a vibrant culture with so many different landscapes and beautiful sites, tons of history. You know, the people are overwhelmingly friendly. Like we definitely had some issues with some men there, but um, you know, before I went, everyone was like, wow, you're going to India? Like, be careful, because all you hear in the media are, you know, these horror stories. But, you know, like I said, if you follow those safety tips, you go with people, you know, it ended up actually being really nice and really fun. It definitely sounds like a great trip. Um, And I love what you were saying at the end there about kind of media horror stories. You know, that's something I think about a lot. The travel really helps to just kind of just bin those rubbish stereotypes that you hear in the media and like the class you know as you were saying when you were telling people and they're like oh you're going to India be careful and then you're just like you get there and you're like if you guys could see what it's actually like you wouldn't be saying this right um I mean is that something you're kind of you think about as well the, the power of kind of destroying those stereotypes by seeing and experiencing more places oh definitely and I think, you know, for every one single sensational negative media story, I mean, there's a hundred positive experiences from that same place. It's just, you know, positive news doesn't sell, so it doesn't get broadcast. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I think, too, as a woman, it's also, and I'm pretty, I'm a pretty independent person. So for me, it was also insanely frustrating just to be told kind of over and over again, like, wow, you went to India or you were going to India. Like, are you insane? You know, just kind of 
feeling like these people don't think I'm capable just because I'm a woman or, you know, think I'm a little bit crazy. <laughs> like I really thought people thought I was crazy. Um, and then even when I went to India and then I got back from India and ha only had positive things to say about it, you know, people would still say those things to me like, oh, wow, it's so dangerous. I can't believe you went. And, you know, even after I would tell them it was great, you know, I didn't even have any crazy experiences. So I definitely think about that a lot, how the media shapes people's perspectives and how sometimes even when someone else has a personal experience telling them it's fine, they like still can't shake what the media has told them over and over and over again. Mm -hmm. my my kind of thoughts on that is you know there's people saying oh you crazy like who cares who cares what they think crazy people yeah. are the best people that's why right. you're sitting around <laughs> in your dusty farm in the u.s i'm out here exploring some countries so i don't care what right. you think <laughs> if anything it just motivates me to go more i'm like okay well i gotta prove these guys wrong i'm gonna exactly. go have the time of my life <laughs> exactly i relate to that so much i'm totally with you there so if someone's calling you crazy, you're doing the right thing. <laughs> yeah, I agree. If you say normal is boring, who wants to just be oh, normal? My, just, I'm so glad you said that's literally like my mantra for life. Normal <laughs> is boring. I'm gonna get that tattooed on myself. I think that's literally uh, like my motto. Yes, I think that's a great motto to live by. <laughs> that is definitely like. I mean, you literally took those words right out of my mouth. So I'm very glad, glad <laughs> that you said that. <laughs> and I just wanted to say, actually, like I speak, I've spoken, to, had a, quite a few uh, fellow Americans on on the show recently, and they always go on about um, how much they love traveling in Europe. Uh, and I think you're the first one <laughs> that's pretty much just spoken about how much you love traveling Asia. So that's definitely refreshing to hear. Yeah, Americans don't travel Asia. I don't get it. And honestly, that's one of the things that kind of, like when I went to Denmark and Europe, I should say, and every, all these 18-year-old Europeans, a lot of Brits, by the way, a lot of 18-year-old Brits in <laughs> yeah. Asia. I've met many. Um, you know, they're like talking about Asia and I'm just like, oh my God, I have to go. It sounds so wonderful. Like Italy, psh. like I'm actually, my, my dad's side of the family is Italian. So for me, I'm just like, psh whatever like boring <laughs> i'm going to thailand <laughs> awesome awesome to hear um yeah it's just definitely refreshing um and good i haven't i've never actually been to asia so it's it's making me want to go even more actually hearing um yes. hearing some of your stories i've definitely it's definitely next on my list you'll love it and it's very good for budget backpackers and yes. many 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 I've, people to uh, meet there Yes, I've definitely heard those those things too. So I'm very excited to finally get over there at some point. <laughs> um, so next, I want to get into another kind of serious topic. Obviously, the world's just kind of on fire right now. <laughs> it's all yeah. going wrong. Coronavirus, COVID, you know. I mean, I'm so sick of just everything <laughs> to do with it. Yes. Every time I hear the word COVID, I just want to cry. Um so, I mean, firstly, how has it been for you, the whole quarantine or, you know, what's going on in your home state? What's been happening in your life personally? How you've been dealing with it? Sure. So COVID, yeah, I don't, COVID, yeah. I just also don't have anything good to say about it, obviously, you know, for everything and it's caused to break apart families and people getting sick. But for me, it also just completely just like changed my 2020 life plan. So I was supposed to be 
touring around Europe this summer, actually, um, and making moves to Germany, which actually I just got the news. I got accepted into um, a master's program in Germany. So I'll be hopefully oh, well moving done. there. That's amazing. Thank you. I'll hopefully be moving there in October, COVID depending. I'm trying to sort out, you know, how that works exactly. But um, I was supposed to be spending a lot more time in Europe traveling this this year. And I have been stranded in that farming community in Wisconsin oh, for the past <laughs> um, eight or when, is, when was March? It feels so long ago. Oh, and I know. Tell me about it. Was, <laughs> it feels like years at this point. I would, mm. um, yeah, so definitely a lot of things have changed. Um, I've just been trying to lay low, you know, stay active, keep writing. I've kind of started freelancing or trying to grow my freelance writing um, during this whole kind of period of sitting around <laughs> in Wisconsin. So that's what I've been up to. And how are you feeling towards travel, you know, both domestic and international and, you know, how are you feeling about traveling to Germany? Not just mm. obviously because the case is, uh, in Germany are probably quite higher than your little farming town <laughs> in Wisconsin. Yeah. And obviously you've got to, you've got to go through airports to get there and get on plane, you know, tell us all your thoughts and feelings towards actually traveling. Yeah. So I, I think everybody has a social responsibility to do their part to socially distance. And as painful as it is, I do think it's for the ben ben uh, benefit of community, our community to, you know, socially distance, wear the masks, try to stay home as much as possible, you know, as painful as it is. And so when I got the word that I would be going to Germany potentially for school, I mean, I was like, oh, shoot, now I have to go on an international airplane ride, you know, across the country, across the ocean. It's a little bit intimidating, but um, it's also one of those things where this has been in the works, you know, for the past two years, I've been kind of planning this. So it's this weird balance of like, do we, how long is it acceptable to put our lives on hold? How can we be more responsible to do the things in life that you don't want to put on hold, but you also want to protect yourself, your family, and, you know, other people that you may come in contact to, come in contact with. So it's been kind of this internal struggle of like, I feel a little bit guilty because I feel like I should not be internationally traveling, but at the same time, you know, it's kind of a big opportunity to just forego for, yeah, I don't know. It's hard. <laughs> COVID is hard. <laughs> yes, it is definitely hard. And man, it is just a lot to kind of deal with certainly for, for sure. Um, and I, I kind of relate to what you're saying there as well. I've coming having that eternal battle of, you know, s still doing things and advancing with life, but then also making sure that uh, I'm trying to be as safe as possible, not just for myself, but you know, talking about empathy again to make sure I don't you know harm any anyone else um, as well, because you know you can have this thing and not even know. So right. you definitely have to be careful. But I mean, I'm just kind of. I'm also of the opinion now that things just kind of need to get moving again because if you're just if you want to just 
sit and wait for a vaccine or, or for it to go away or whatever. I mean, realistically, you could be sitting in your room for like four years. Mm-hmm. And that's like four years of your life just gone. So right. I'm kind of with the mind is try and be as safe as possible, but just try and still keep doing things. Is that from the sounds of it, you're kind of on the same page with that? Yeah, I think so. I think if people were more willing to just wear the mask, you know, forgo massive parties, wash their hands, you know, actually follow the guidelines that doctors and experts are recommending, you know, I think we would be actually in a lot better shape even now, you know, where like students who are trying to make these moves or, you know, job, if someone gets a new job or, you know, they wouldn't be so scary or like cause such guilt if just on the basic level everybody was on board with what needs to be done to you know get rid of this pandemic or beat this pandemic yes exactly Uh, i definitely agree with you there i definitely agree with you there um and are you maybe thinking about testing the waters with a domestic trip in the u.s before you obviously make that as you said quite daunting long haul international flight all the way to Germany. Are you thinking, yeah, I might try somewhere in the US first, whether that's flying or the classic US road trip? Yeah, so actually I I did test the waters last weekend. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Safely, well, in my opinion, I feel it was quite safe. Um, My brother and I went on a road trip to the Great Smoky Mountains. Oh, nice. And beautiful, yes, Wisconsin does not have any mountains none at all so it was really nice to get out and actually hike a mountain and see some really nice views um but we went camping so we were pretty self-contained you know anytime we did stop it was for gas or the grocery store always wore a mask you know tried our best to socially distance and then um also even wore our masks on the hiking trail for those few instances where we did pass people. But like on a, in a campsite, you're pretty spaced out from others and you're outside. So it felt, it felt pretty safe, I think. That sounds like a great trip uh, and definitely very, pretty much as safe as you could get probably. Um, so definitely a good way to test the waters. Are you feeling more confident now? I know it's, it's kind of hard to relate that to them getting in going through an airport getting on a plane to germany but is part of you now thinking okay i'm feeling a bit more a bit more okay kind of less anxious about it yeah i think so but the thing that's hard is i can only control my own actions so Mm. it's hard you know maybe if i'm in the airport and everybody's wearing a mask i'll feel more at ease because they do say that significantly decreases you know the risk of transmission but if like nobody's wearing a mask yeah maybe i'd be a little worried i actually don't even know how well people are following that in the airports i imagine quite well right have you been to an airport <laughs> given uh, i haven't been to an airport i have been to uh international train stations so uh, mm. in the uk we have a thing called the Eurostar, which goes to France, Belgium, and the Netherlands that you can get from London. Uh, and I took a trip uh, like a month ago now to Belgium. 
Ooh. and everyone was wearing masks there and I've, I have spoken to a few people on the show actually who've been in airports and they've all reported super good things about everyone's been wearing masks even in the US uh, so it definitely sounds positive and from my experience of kind of traveling internationally by train everyone was wearing masks there so it is it's definitely been positive from my experience and the experiences I've heard so far I hope that kind of makes you feel more at ease. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I think so. And I think too, you know, I'll be responsible and try to stay home, you know, as soon as I do fly and get to Germany, you know, maybe I'll go get a test or maybe I'll quarantine or, you know, self-isolate for a bit just to really make sure. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> but mm. yeah, I think it'll be okay. Are you kind of keeping an eye on all the different restrictions that they've got in Germany and what's going on there? Because that's something that I've kind of been thinking about and I've I like to ask people on the show is you know now and we talked about research earlier but research is so much more important now when you're about to travel because not only do you have to know if you're even allowed in in the first place then you have to know do I need to self-isolate but then you need to know like the regulations kind of on the ground in that country do I need to wear uh, a mask all the time in the street even if there's no one around you know or is it mm-hmm. just if I if it's in a crowded place or if it's just in shops or you know, do I need to distance on the metro or whatever, even if I am wearing a mask? Like, are you kind of trying to figure it all out of what's going on in Germany? Are you finding it all overwhelming (laughs) or are you kind of feel like you're getting a good idea of what you need to do when you get there? Yeah, so I just kind of started that interview or that research process because I only kind of got the admission letter a couple days ago. So um, as far as what I've been seeing, It's also interesting because Europe and Germany, I think, have much more strict slash laid out like rules for how people should deal with this COVID, with this pandemic versus in the States. It's Mm. just there's really (laughs) no rules. I mean, they technically have a mask mandate here in my state that they only put into effect, you know, maybe a week or so ago. So for me, that is unique because I do know Germany, I'm not sure what phase they're on, but I know that they had certain rules where like only two different families together, you know, are two members of two different households at a time, no more than two households gathering or very, very, very specific detailed stuff that I'm not accustomed to here in the States. So yeah. I'll have to look into that. <laughs> I know the UK had some crazy rules some crazy rules too well not crazy but given american standards very specific i should say yes um there's there are some stupid ones here like so if you're going into a shop a customer has to wear a mask now but if you work Mm. in the shop you're not technically required to wear one or something stupid like that oh really yeah how does that make any sense Uh, (laughs) yeah seems a little silly yeah there's just some weird weird rules um yeah (laughs) (laughs) like my sister works in a cafe and she was telling me like for a lot of cafes the rule is if you're stood up you have to wear a mask even if you're like whenever you're stood up you have to wear it if you're coming in even if you're you plan on staying in there to actually have your drink in the cafe you still have to wear it when you're stood up as soon as you sit down you can then take it off I'm like, hmm. what? <laughs> How does that make any <laughs> difference? Oh, the virus doesn't transmit if you're sitting down. Yeah, okay. <laughs> right. Huh. 
So I just think yeah. it goes to show how little we actually know about this pandemic and yeah. what's the best way to deal with it. Exactly. Uh, yeah. Exactly. It's just it's just a lot to kind of figure out. Um, and silly rules kind of don't make it very clear. Um, and I guess, I mean, as you were saying, it's probably a lot more confusing in the US because it's all, it's different by each state. Uh, that's one mm-hmm. thing I think European governments have done really well, and that they, you know, it's just come straight from the top. The federal governments, or you know, have just been like, this is the rules for everywhere. Do it at all times. Whereas in the US, <laughs> like some states are like, oh, it's fine, you know, do whatever you want. Or some were like, you know, I mean. Again, not to get too political, but it would have been nice if the US federal government had kind of put its foot down a bit more. Definitely would have, it would have, I don't know, reduced the amount of confusion. And a lot of states too have done this thing where we were quarantining or social distancing and things were shut down and then they opened up and then we had a huge spike. So they shut down again and now there's a mask mandate and now there's not. And it has just been like there was no organized plan (laughs) at all. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, come on, just just wear a mask, everyone, please. <laughs> yes, please. Just, Wash your hands. Exactly. Stay home as much as you can. <laughs> just, just come on, come on, people. Just yeah. It's just do it for travel. Cool. So one day we can travel again. Hopefully. Exactly. Soon. Exactly. Um, I mean, if everyone does wear a mask and tries to distance, obviously on an airplane that is kind of hard but if everyone's wearing a mask and washing their hands thoroughly you know the risk is greatly reduced so that does make travel mm-hmm. a lot more possible so please everyone just do it <laughs> <laughs> i want to travel again <laughs> do your part exactly awesome Britt. i've had such a uh, great time talking to you today i usually like to end the show by asking where you're going next but it sounds like you're going to germany unless you've got another domestic trip planned before <laughs> Um, I do have a wedding in Minneapolis, but that's not that exciting. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's uh, another trip out of state, uh, right? Yeah, 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 but just the next door state, so not too far. Well, it's still, still, still a bit of a domestic trip, so I hope that goes super well. Um, Thank you. And yeah, I really hope you manage to figure out everything uh, for Germany. That would be uh, uh, very much a shame if you, you couldn't make it over there. Yes, fingers crossed. I find a way. I've been emailing the immigration office, the embassies, and trying to figure it all out because it seems kind of a new process. <laughs> so yeah, we'll see. I just think like no one really knows all that. <laughs> this stuff's yeah. so new. Like, a lot of people are kind of not up to speed on, and things change so quickly as well. I guess it's hard to kind of yes. get, keep everyone on the same page all the time. Definitely. Definitely. Well, thank you so much for having me on and for you know getting my life story out there <laughs> I yeah i mean it. what a super interesting story everyone should definitely go and follow brit on instagram and read your blog uh could you t- could you just tell everyone what your instagram handle is one more time sure it's at life dot of dot brit awesome thank you nice and simple <laughs> yes <laughs> uh, i love that so yeah everyone should definitely go check out brit's page um and yeah thank you so much for speaking to us today yeah thank you and thanks everyone for listening and we will catch you in the next episode